there have been way too many occasions where I've heard people online or even in person talk about the fact that keto, and I called it a fact, it's not a fact, but talk about the idea that keto is not sustainable. I want to talk about that today because I think it's ridiculous and I want to let you understand why. Hello everyone, welcome to Mind Blowing Health and Wellness of Violet. I'm Violet, I'm a psychologist, and the reason I make these videos is to help people to understand that your mental health and physical health come together to create your overall sense of well-being. So first, let's just talk about me for a second. I find the idea of lifting weights absolutely repulsive, and I, 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 I don't have fun when I do it. So would that mean that because I don't like to lift weights that I couldn't keep myself physically healthy? Answer to that is no. Of course, that's a ridiculous thing to say, right? Because before I ever decided to put a weight room in my home, I was longboarding, I was snowboarding, I was skiing, I was rollerblading, I was biking, I was... So basically what happened there? Because I don't like lifting weights, I found other ways to move my body and keep my muscles strong. What I'm trying to help you first and foremost to understand is that if I really want something to happen, so something for my better health, something for my better finance, something for my mental health. If I want something to happen, I'll find a way to make it happen. And the same exists for you. If you want something to happen, you are going to find a way to make it happen. I'm starting there because I'm going to go through four things right now with you about how you can make keto sustainable. And I need you to understand that piece of information because what I'm about to say, there's multiple ways to actually make it happen. The first way to make keto sustainable is to make it easy. And honestly, in terms of diets and ways of living, ways of eating, I can't find an easier way of eating that's healthy. Because the only thing on a ketogenic lifestyle that you actually need to know to do a ketogenic lifestyle well is that you keep your grams of carbs under 20. If you do just that one thing and that one thing alone, keep my grams of carbs under 20 every day, all the time, no exceptions, and I'm eating food, then you will get into ketosis and you will be in a ketogenic situation. So keep my grams of carbs under 20. That's the basic, basic principle of keto. That's what keeps you in ketosis. So what happens to fats and what happens to protein? Your protein that you're eating now is going to be calculated the same way that it was calculated before. And chances are most people who are eating protein on a ketogenic lifestyle who came from the standard American, standard Canadian diet did not know how much protein they were eating before. So the first thing I'm going to start with is if I didn't know how much I was eating before, how important is it in this way of eating? Less important than you would think. However, basically it comes down to however much lean body mass you have, there's a certain calculation that you would do to know how much protein you should be eating. Honestly, I didn't focus on that. Most people don't need to focus on that. However size of a portion of, of protein that was healthy for you to eat beforehand, so not when you were overdoing it, but whatever was healthy for you to eat beforehand, probably healthy for you to eat now. But if you want to double check, it's between 0.7, I think, to one gram of protein for every lean pound of body mass on you. So in my case, I believe the calculator told me that I should be aiming at 90. 
Did I hit 90 all the time? No. Did I go over 90 sometimes? Yeah. Did it change my results? No. But generally speaking, what I did was I normally ate a chicken leg, so the thigh and, and the drumstick, before I started doing keto, and I just kept doing that. And honestly, whatever a pork chop was, if it was somewhere between 5 and, and 7, 10 at the max, whatever that size, that's what I ate. One. Because that's what I was used to eating, that's what I kept eating. Fat. Eat until you're satiated. So if you end up eating until you're satiated, chances are very good that you're not going to be over-consuming fat. If you force yourself to eat fat, you could over-consume fat. Fat's very heavy. The majority of us will not overconsume fat unless we're adding it to our coffee, adding it to everything that we eat. We're pouring it over. The, if you add butter to everything, it, of course, then it's possible. But would you normally have cooked like that? So if you cook somewhat normally and eat the fat that comes along with the protein that you're eating, the chance that you overeat your fat, not very likely. Yes, in the very beginning, we add a little bit of fat to help us to manage the switch because we took our carbs well low. We bring our fats up a bit so that the body doesn't have a change in the amount of energy. Then once the body starts pulling the fat from us, we no longer need to do that because the fat's coming here. So if I, if I eat it, my body's not going to take it from here. It's going to use the dietary fat that's coming in. If you're trying to lose weight, eating extra fat is not helping you. So... Simple, take your grams of carbs down. Simple. The other question I often get is, well, do you do total carb or net carb? Or, And honestly, again, simple. If I have metabolic issues, if I have a lot of weight to lose, doing total carb is absolutely going to help me. If I have no metabolic issues and I'm at a fine weight, doing net carb is probably going to be completely fine. Now, I started off with metabolic issues. I started off with weight to lose. I think 70 pounds is a significant amount. And I did net carb. Everybody's different. I encourage you to try. So start living your ketogenic lifestyle and then see. I'm doing net carb. Am I losing? If I'm losing and I'm feeling better and my inflammation is going away and I'm, I have more energy and my mental clarity is that then I can keep doing that carb, which is what I did. But if I'm not losing or I still feel achy or if I have issues, I could switch to total carb. It really will depend on you. You need to listen to your body, right? But you're aiming at 20 grams of carbs or less. In order for the ketogenic lifestyle to be sustainable, it needs to be satisfying. And satisfying has two components. It needs to taste good, so I need to be satisfied by what I'm eating. I need to like it, what I'm eating, and it needs to satiate me. I need to feel fueled. I need to feel satiated, like I'm not hungry all the time. Most people don't continue on a diet because they don't like what they're eating, tastes bad, or they are hungry all the time not satiated. If we satisfy those two conditions, you are much more likely to be able to go on and eat this way well into the future. Now, what I find interesting about this is that when you really think about what a ketogenic lifestyle is, when we're talking about the food we're going to eat, all you are doing is making the same food but not putting carbs on the plate. 
okay, I know. That means we're not eating bread. We're not eating pasta. We're not eating rice. We're not... Okay, what are we eating? We're eating vegetables. We're eating high-quality meat. We're eating other foods like nuts and cheese. We're eating things that are still very delicious. We are taking off the foods that are harmful to us. Now, of course, we're not eating cookies. We're not eating cake. We're not eating all the junk food. This is where people become very, very frustrated because they want to eat cookies. They want to eat cake. They want to eat junk food. They want to eat pasta. They want to eat bread. Here's the thing I need you to think about. If you think right now today about one year ago, the chips you're eating today versus the flavor of chips you were eating a year ago or the style of chips or the chocolate bar you're eating today versus the kind of chocolate bars you were eating a year ago. The foods that you are letting yourself have today, so the snacky foods, the brand the, the, and, the, and the flavors compared to what you were doing a year ago or two years ago, three years ago, what you're going to likely notice is that they changed. Why? Because you got bored. So you got bored with eating regular chips, so you started to eat cheese flavored or you started to eat barbecue or you started to eat, you were bored with chocolate bar that had caramel in it and you switched to a chocolate bar that had just nuts or you switched to white chocolate or something. In actuality, we make changes to what we're eating, even in our snacks, all the time. We will get bored of potatoes and have more rice for a few months and then we get bored of rice and we'll have more pasta for a few months. We make changes all the time. The change we don't make is to go from carbs based foods to fats based foods and what i'm trying to help you to understand is that when we make that change our health improves and because it still tastes delicious it's sustainable our palates change the foods that we find delicious if we change from carb-based foods to fat-based foods actually changes and we will find them absolutely delicious I know because I've made this switch. I used to be focused on carbs. I used to love potatoes. I used to love chocolate. I mean, chocolate. Hmm. Don't even get me started on chocolate. Addicted isn't even the word. Um, but you know what? I don't miss potatoes at all. I have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to eat real potatoes because my daughter is not keto. She eats french fries. She eats potatoes. I'm not interested. I have opportunity after opportunity to eat chocolate because my daughter is not keto. I don't eat it. I'm not interested. But you'll notice that, and I have noticed that, I've begun to love savory things. I love nuts. I love avocado. I, my taste has your, my palate has changed. You need to understand that when we eat something, we're used to eating it, we seek it out. When we're used to eating other things, we seek them out your palate will change. So let's not be afraid of making changes that are gonna help us to do better in life. The third thing that keto needs to be is repeatable and manageable. And what I mean by that is, first of all, I will repeat eating things that I like to eat. So if you put foods in front of me that I'm just like, chances that I'm gonna eat that again, not likely. I don't care if it's keto or not keto. If I don't like the way it tastes, I'm going to run away from that food. So the first part about making keto sustainable is making it repeatable. You want to be making meals that you actually love eating, which means that you need to give yourself the chance to find vegetables that you find amazing. You need to give yourself the chance to find meats that you love and maybe even experiment with other meats that you might not have tried and then find recipes 
that you love. And the part about making it manageable, guess what? Most people love Thanksgiving dinner. Most people love Christmas dinner. It's um, an amazing meal. Everything tastes delicious. We put so much time and energy and effort into making that perfect pie and that perfect, right? But yet, we don't eat a Christmas dinner once a month or even once a week a week or one, right? It's once a year. We don't do a Thanksgiving meal once a week. Why? It takes too long to make all those things. And the investment, some people start making their Christmas meal. Um, so some of the desserts, et cetera, in advance and freezing them because of all of what they, the time it takes to do. We're not going to do that every week. If you want keto to be sustainable, you need to make meals that are repeatable. So I love them and manageable to make, easy to make, that I can make this, know it's going to taste delicious, and be looking forward to eating it. If it's taking me hours to make my meal, I'm not going to do it. And even myself, I, I make one meal a day. But I still don't want that one meal to keep me in the kitchen for four hours, right? Like, I make meals that I can put out maximum one hour, and I'm, I'm done, and I'm eating. And you know what? Even though I find an hour long, I look at the fact that I didn't have to make breakfast and I didn't have to make lunch. So for me to give an hour to making supper and know that I'm going to love that meal, I think that that's a very fair trade. Everyone needs to figure out how much time is reasonable for themselves and then go for that, right? And make that meal that you know you're going to love because if it's repeatable, so I love eating it and manageable, it's easy to make, I'll do it. On the topic of being manageable and sustainable, when we begin keto, one of the biggest mistakes that we do is try to make replacement meals. We try to make sure that everything that we're having is like what we used to eat before. Okay, so let's just think about what we're doing there for a few seconds. So I'm taking all this time, energy, effort to create, to recreate a meal, but low carb. So a high carb meal, so let's say a pie, I'm gonna take this pie and recreate it low carb. So I'm gonna use artificial sweeteners and I'm going to, right? Because, and then I'm gonna introduce sweet to myself, which is gonna make me wanna chase carbs again because my brain doesn't know that this is, so my cephalic system doesn't know that this isn't real sugar. There's no sugar there, so now my brain's pushing me, where's the sugar? When we try to replace or imitate our old foods in our current lifestyle, it's not gonna work. We're sabotaging ourselves. We're taking the foods that kept us sick with inflammation, Alzheimer's, diabetes, all the metabolic issues that were hurting us, and we're trying to bring them into this world where we're trying to live a healthier lifestyle. So what's gonna happen? Well, the more that I see those foods in front of me, the more I want that old lifestyle that's supposed to be behind me. How is that supposed to work? I want to give you this analogy, but just think about this for a second. If you met the person of your dreams and in the course of dating this person, the person wants you to dress a little differently than you usually dress, but you kind of go along with it because it's a person of your dreams. And then the person wants you to act a little bit differently and talk a little bit differently than you usually do, but you go about it because it's the person of your dreams. And then eventually you find out that this person is getting you to behave like their old boyfriend or girlfriend. Are you going to be happy to stay in that relationship? Are you going to believe that that person actually moved on? But that's what we're doing. We're pretending that we moved on 
But we haven't because we're pulling those foods from our history into our present. Those foods don't belong here. Those foods are high carb. Those foods elicit in us poor behavior from back there. If you want to move on with keto, you need to have meals today that are repeatable and manageable that you love, make you want to eat them so that you're focused on the food that you're eating today so that you can focus on the health that you're going to have today and going forward. Finally, I want you to be flexible and have options. And I know I just three seconds ago said you should not be making imitation foods, and I, I really don't believe you should be. But what I'm going to say is this, is that you need to have options for yourself. So if I do want to have a dessert, I should have some kind of dessert option. I still don't think it should be something from your history. That's me. I'm talking. I think there are keto foods that, so foods that are born out of people living a ketogenic lifestyle where they figure things out that didn't taste good that are not necessarily sweet. We always have the, the, the normal options of cheese and pepperoni sticks and nuts and different kinds of foods that are fun to eat and that are just natural foods that we can get. But, so but, if you do decide to make some kind of keto dessert or keto sweet tasting thing, please keep it to a treat that occurs once in a little while, once in a blue moon, not all the time. Remember, every time you eat something sweet, you remind yourself of that carb life you used to live. How are you going to move on if you're trying to make your current spouse dress like your old spouse? It's not going to work. Try to find foods and things that you can eat now that are about now, right? Honestly, I do find fat bombs to be an interesting in-between because we didn't used to eat fat bombs before. Even though they might taste a little sweet, they're very different than what we used to eat before. However, remember, the more you eat them, the more they engage that cephalic response, the more that you're going to be pushed towards carbs. So if you do decide to use them, use them as an occasional treat. The other thing that I'm going to say that I think is going to be really important for everyone who decides to have an occasional treat, or even let's say you decide to have nuts or cheese or whatever, because there's carbs in that. Be flexible in your meal. So it's not because I usually have a big salad and some vegetables and a piece of meat for my meal that if I know I'm going to have a dessert that's a bit more heavy on the carbs, that I couldn't look at my current meal and say, you know what? I'm going to leave off the salad or I'm going to leave off and have a carnivore meal because I know I'm going to eat something that's a bit carby later. I'm not suggesting that you do this all the time if you're a person who does well with vegetables and, and salads. What I'm saying, though, is flexibility. Leave myself options, right? The option to have a dessert by being flexible in how my, my day is going to look. My meal. Remember, this is the day. 20 grams of carbs or less in a day. So I need to look at all my meals and how that dessert is going to fit into all of the day's worth of food. But it's possible. Again, I do it all the time. If there is an occasion where I know I'm going to eat some nuts, nuts are really high in carb, so then I will make sure that I have a more carnival-style meal. If I have no intention of eating nuts, then I'll have more vegetables and salads. Look at what you plan to do. Know how your day is going to play out. Know the times when you're planning to have a dessert so that you can plan for it. How do we keep keto sustainable? By living a way that makes it sustainable. 
the same way that I figured out how to exercise without lifting weights, I figured out how to eat healthy and yet within that ketogenic lifestyle and have some flexibility because I love what I eat. So, and it's easy to make what I do eat repeatable, right? I would love for you guys to tell me, how do you make your ketogenic lifestyle sustainable? What do you do? Give me some, give everyone some clues in the, in the comments below so we can all live a healthier lifestyle. I want to thank you for watching Mind Blowing Health and Wellness with Violet. If you have not subscribed, please subscribe. I want to see all of you guys next week. Thanks for watching. Share the video. Talk to you next time.